Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right. Well, thank you both. Have a great week- weekend. Ian McNulty joins us right now, who covers food and dining culture for the Times-Picayune, New Orleans Advocate. How you doing, Ian? Well, I've got fun in my mind now, that's for sure. Yeah, I've, I've uh, never heard it, and I'm not good. trying to criticize Courtney, but I'd never heard it referred to as pho before. Well, when I was learning about Vietnamese food, uh, people who run Vietnamese restaurants very patiently would would, uh, would, would coach it a little bit and say, think of a, think about the way you say foot, and it's sort of like that, pho, like that. Okay. Uh, but if you order pho, they're going to know what you're talking about, and uh, it's not oh, so too So it's actually it. pronounced? What? It's actually pronounced fa. Fa, that's right. Yeah. Really? That's how I've heard it from people who speak Vietnamese first. So there are situations <laughs> where with. when you pronounce it accurately, because so many people mispronounce it, they think you're wrong. Remember, we got into that thing about is it Moscas or Moscas? Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. But it's good. That soup is good, and it's never too early. If you look around, a lot of Vietnamese restaurants, uh, the traditional ones, they open. In the morning hours, because uh, traditionally speaking, uh, pho is a, a, something that people would eat in the, in the morning. It's the breakfast dish. So, and I've I've done that uh, quite a few times. If you you know soup for breakfast that that doesn't uh, doesn't ring quite right for for if you're expecting a big plate of eggs and bacon and toast, but I'm telling you, a big bowl of warm, nourishing soup, especially on a cold morning, mm, it gets you going. Of course, I'll have gumbo for breakfast too. So. Don't take that for what it's worth. Um, somebody texted in back in New Orleans in the 80s. There was a restaurant called Visco's. Is it still around? I remember Visco's, but I don't think it's still around, is it? No, it's not. And if that's the one I'm thinking of, it was on the West Bank yes. in Gretna. Uh, and I believe it's a Mexican restaurant now called El Patron. But it was, uh, yeah, it was acclaimed in its day. It was before my time here, but I've, I've heard tell about it. And I think it was a place that was quite popular. You know, and the West Bank uh, was 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 rolling with the oil boom, and I had a lot of a lot of companies over there, a lot of uh, a lot of people heading out for <laughs> for big meals, and uh, it was quite the quite the place by the, the tales I've heard of it. They <laughs> used to have an oyster loaf where they would take a freshly baked loaf of French bread, cut it in half, scoop out the bread, and then put the oysters in it. And I thought that was the best oyster loaf I'd ever had in my life, and I still do. You know, it would be fun to do a time machine strictly for culinary and restaurant purposes because uh-huh. there are some there's some that I went to that I wish I'd gone to more that are no longer around, and there are some that I've just heard so much about from the past that I would love an opportunity to go to. And, and you know, some some of the stories that I've heard about them, they do bring them to life. Uh, La Ruth's is one we're talking about the West Bank uh, during the, the the boom days over there. Uh, that's one that I, I constantly hear about from from people who are dyed in the wool New Orleans, Louisiana food people. Uh, Warren Lutheran's restaurant that was uh, epic by reputation. I'm sure a lot of your your listeners out there uh, remember it well. Uh, you know, another one that I went to a few times, uh, but I'm 
unfortunately, it never came back after Katrina was Restaurant Manditch down in the Bywater. I heard it described as the Galatoires of the Ninth Ward. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I went, I, I loved it. It was the kind of place where you walked in, and no matter how busy they were, they always made sure they steered you to the bar first. Have a drink before you sit down. Have a cocktail. They were, <laughs> even at lunchtime, they were making sure they got you a cocktail before you went to your table. And uh, there was on St. Claude Avenue, and uh, it was the Creole food with uh, that Croatian touch. Uh, the, the Croatian family that ran it just had this way with seafood and oysters in particular, oysters bandage with garlic and oil all over it. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, yeah, there's a lot of reasons to invent a time machine. I guess going back for restaurants wouldn't be the most lucrative or helpful for the world and civilization in general, but it's fun to think about. Somebody texted in about Blue Giant. I saw you wrote about this. It just closed abruptly? Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, three years ago this week, Blue Giant opens the Chinese restaurant. And uh, we've talked here on your show about traditional Chinese restaurants that have you know the dim sum and the dishes that you might find uh, the home of a Chinese family or back home in China. Uh, and we've talked about restaurants that are the American Chinese uh, iteration, the stuff that a lot of people grew up with and you can find from coast to coast. Well, that's what Blue Giant was. It was a, a chef's take on that sort of American Chinese uh, milieu, the bubbly crusted egg rolls, the slippery chow fun noodles, uh, the hot mustard. And, uh, yeah, I was really surprised to see that. I'd been in not too long ago. probably seemed like it was rolling. Um, but I talked to the owner, and uh, he said the costs that he was encountering uh, were going up for everything, and he didn't see how he could – um, make ends meet and still be able to pay people. So when the new year roll around, rolled around and he had all these recurring annual costs and he had a slow week from the that beginning of the year post-holiday slump, he, uh, he, just, he just felt too much distress over, uh, over what that combination put him in to be able to keep going. I was very surprised to see it and uh, a lot of other people were too. That was one of our top stories this week. So I hope something good happens there, and I hope something um, good happens for the folks behind it. You know, I thought it would be interesting today, since Miss Universe pageant is in town, and we just talked to Kelly Schultz about that, if somebody wanted to take a tour around the world and try not typical New Orleans cuisine, but eat, you know, uh, Spanish cuisine, uh, Mexican, there's a difference, uh, all different types of cuisines around the world, what can they find in New Orleans? We're going to take a break, and you can tell me when we come back. If they, they see a country, for example, it's like, oh, really? I wonder what the food is like in uh, in, in uh, the, the Haiti or no, the Dominican Republic. I wonder what the food is like in Trinidad, Tobago. Maybe you can tell us some places where we can take a tour around the world and eat different cuisines this weekend. Ian McNulty is our guest. He covers food and dining culture for the Times-Speaking Union, New Orleans Advocate. 504-260-1870. If you have any questions or comments, back in a flash here on WWL. One of my favorite times of the week. We talked to Ian McNulty on Friday. Not only does it mean the week is coming to a close for us, but we like to talk about eating and drinking, as does Ian, and that's what he spends his life writing about and discovering, which is not a bad way to make a living. You can text your questions at 504-260-1870. Somebody questioned, uh, texted in, Ian, where would you go into the New Orleans area for good, authentic Spanish paella? And I might add, I like saying paella. <laughs> okay, good. This relates to, to what we were talking about just before the break with that uh, traveling the world through restaurants idea, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a couple of good Spanish restaurants out there, but for the paella in particular, uh, Lola's on 
Esplanade Avenue near City Park. Um, I've been going there for years. The paella there is was real good, and uh, you know it makes you feel like you're turns the sidewalk of Esplanade Avenue into a, a beachfront restaurant at uh, in um, in Barcelona. And they also have uh, Bar- a, Barcelona. A, a, Bar- Barcelona. Barcelona. That's right. They also have a, a dish there that is. Uh, very similar to paella, but instead of the rice, uh, they work in um, the, the base is not rice, but noodles, uh, pasta noodles, and they call it a fideo. And I like that one too because I like the way the noodles stick to the pan, and you get that spoon in there, and you scrape them off, and they have some crust on it. But the other one I wanted to mention is another restaurant across uh, town on Britannia Street, uptown Costera, uh, and they do a great uh, paella there, and um, a lot of the. the the thing with paella is it's best served in a the bigger the portion the better the paella i think so uh if you, you know go, go with two people split one go with four people split a bigger one you know that idea um no great i'm craving paella now mm, paella uh paella. tell me about some other places if i want to go around the world and try some international cuisine that's waiting for me right here in the new orleans area i don't know about uk food they're not really known for their food is there a place where you can get good uh, Irish or English food? Is there such a thing? Uh, well, there is. Uh, I've so, no, no offense, jeez, I just realized who <laughs> I was talking to. No offense. <laughs> no, none taken. I mean, the reputation is, you know, England and Ireland. Look, it's not France. It's not Spain. Uh, d- different traditions. But I have to tell you, I just came back from, well, I was in Ireland in, in October on a family trip, and I was blown away by the quality of the food. It really has changed over there as Irish people, you know, got some money in their pockets, started traveling the world, saw the difference, and saw what they had on their on their doorstep and on their shore. The seafood was phenomenal, even the, the pub food. I would, <laughs> I, I would love to have a restaurant in New Orleans serving the type of pub food that, uh, that they were, that I'd experienced over there. But to your question... Uh, sadly, we don't have any restaurants that I know of that are really dedicated to that, but there are some good pubs that, you know, will we'll field it. Finn McCool's, one of my hangouts, uh, you know, you have a couple pints of Guinness and some fish and chips and you're getting right there in it. Um, but to your point about traveling the world before the break, you made uh, reference to a Haitian restaurant, a Dominican restaurant. Mm-hmm. I have one of each of those for you. Okay. Uh, there's a restaurant in Treme called Fritai. A uh, fairly new place, opened during the pandemic. Uh, this young chef, Charlie Pierre, opened it up. Um, it's on Basin Street. And if you go there, you're going to taste the food of Haiti, and you're going to see how closely it relates to the food of New Orleans and Louisiana. It's this shared idea of Creole that flows between it. A lot of rice and beans, a lot of fish, uh, a lot of uh, a, a base that tastes pretty similar to Trinity, um, a, lot of, a lot of connections between them, and some great um, for Dominican food, I mean, it's the other side of that island there, uh, but it's different. There's a restaurant in Gretna called Mangu, M-A-N-G-U. And that the name of the restaurant is also the name of the sort of signature dish. Mangu is this um, uh, it's a staple down in the islands. It's this mashed uh, plantains, and uh, that's the base, and they cover it with all kinds of delicious stuff, shrimp, pork, pork crackling, just like, uh, little zesty cilantro sauce. So yeah, there's your island trip right there. Uh, but but really, spin the globe. You know, I love this. Spin the globe and, and see where it lands. Just this week, I went to um, an African restaurant, a new place called Dakar Nola, Dakar uh, being from of Senegal, and the chef there is doing something quite different. 
um, the chef, uh, Serene Mbe, he has created a restaurant that's based on the food that he knows from Senegal, his homeland, but through the lens of this really high-end culinary journey that he's been on in the United States. He's cooked at Michelin Star Restaurants. He's cooked at Commander's Palace. And so when you're going there, it's this blend of of some of the influences of, of really his home, the home he grew up in, his mother's cooking, and uh, the, the presentations and attention to technique and style that he learned earning his chops at the Italian restaurants. It's quite an interesting experience. You go to Dakar Nola. It's one seating per night. Uh, everyone starts the meal at the same time. Uh, the chef comes out and talks about the dishes and their influences. That's um, kind of cool. Start off, yeah, it is. You start off having some tea together. Uh, there's a, they pass around this basin. People wash, you wash your hands because you're going to eat the first course with your hands. Uh, and on it goes through this multi-course meal. Uh, and it was revelatory. I mean, it was, these are some flavors I, I never had before. Others tasted very familiar. Um, you know, he's using a lot of local ingredients. The Carnola, very different, interesting, and an experience. I mean, you, you don't go there for a quick meal on your way to the, the show. You know, you go there, and that is that is that the is show. show <laughs> that, yeah. That is, yeah, that is your evening, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, BYOB right now. But look it up, the Carnola. I, I just ate there this week. It's, it's uh, on my mind and still tingling the taste buds. While we're in Africa, uh, Addis Nola is doing uh, great Ethiopian food over on Bayou Road, just off Broad. Uh, they moved recently. They used to be at um, Two Land Broad near the courthouse. Now they have a much larger just really splendid location on Bayou Road, and you walk in, and it's this, the decor, the music, everything. It just takes you to Africa. It's like the colors of the landscape on the walls and the, the way the seating and the lighting is designed. Uh, the bar works in some African and Ethiopian, in particular, flavors into the cocktails. And this is another place that's great to go with a group because the traditional style of eating there outcomes these dishes on these big platters the base of the dishes is this uh, this crepe called the jira. It's this like sour, sort of bubbly crepe. It's really light and stretchy, and you you pull it apart and you use that to drag. You drag that crepe through uh, the various meat and vegetable dishes. A lot of vegan dishes there, in addition to great meat dishes, and you use that as basically your utensil to scoop up morsels of that. Uh, well-seasoned, sometimes very spicy, not always, uh, meat and vegetable dishes and pop it into your mouth. And it's a, another great like communal dining experience for a bit of a group. Um, one more from Africa, Jamila's uh, over on Maple Street. It's been there forever. And this is the cooking of Tunisia, Northern Africa, quite different from the other two we were talking about. Uh, a real French influence there. And it's because it's been around for a long time, a New Orleans influence too. Uh, but if you've ever been in there, uh, it's a really warm, inviting mom-and-pop family-run restaurant. You're having these couscous dishes layered with lamb, uh, the, the merguez, the lamb sausage, um, the, uh, this uh, spinach crawfish zucchini bisque, which if you've ever been to Jazz Fest, uh, you may have seen this. They've been a vendor at Jazz Fest for many years, Jamila says, and they serve that year-round in the menu there. Uh, I mean, Tommy, I can keep going. We'll spin the globe. I mean, go to the other side well, of the well, world. Well, let me let me ask you this: Today is Korean American Day. What about Korean food in New Orleans? And what's the difference oh, yeah. between that? What separates Korean food from other Asian cuisine? Uh, same thing that separates Italian food from French food, from Turkish food, from Scandinavian food. You know, history, mm -hmm. time, people, pace, place. 
uh, and the interweaving of all those things. Because, you know, as we well know, no, no, no meal that we sit down to just came out of a, a one cultural bubble. It's all, you know, this, this, this world that we live in and, and we're born into. <laughs> one would almost um, say a gumbo. Whoa, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine a, a, a gumbo of gumbos, mm-hmm. all these different gumbos forming a bigger gumbo. Uh, so for Korean food, check out this place on Magazine Street in the Lower Garden District, Irish Channel area, um, called Little Korea Barbecue. And you get the full experience there. The thing I like about uh, Korean food, and I, again, I guess I'm on a theme today, but it is this good interactive social dining experience where uh, the Korean version of barbecue is something you cook at the table. Uh, so you order and outcome um, these meats that you're going to cook at a, a grill that's actually built into the table. And there's this clever ventilation system that draws the, the smoke away. Uh, and you have all these uh, uh, kimchi is the most famous of them, but there's this whole galaxy of, of little accoutrements and accompaniments, these little pickled, fermented, or in fresh vegetables that go along the side that you add to the meat to make these little individual bites and bundles. And the upshot of it is it's just you, it's off the grill, bang, into your mouth. You get that, that sort of essential energy of the meat just coming right off the grill, picking up these other flavors that you customize and, you know, repeat, do it again and again. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a very social and interactive way of eating because the people at the table, you're all doing the same thing. It's not just, you know, here's your steak, you're, you're sawing through it. Uh, but it's, it's more of a, a measured pace to it. Um, and so that's a good place to experience that. There's, there's, there's a few more Korean restaurants um, around town, but that's the, basic, uh, that's the basic idea that I go for is the Korean barbecue. Somebody texted in there looking for Colombian food. Okay. Yes, there is. Uh, unfortunately, we had a, a we had a little bumper crop of Colombian restaurants. Wait, let, that, let me say this too. And, and before that, Ian, maybe this helps you. I thought yeah. it was a voice to text error, or maybe it's a kind of food. It says Maya Arepa, or is that a name of a restaurant? That's the name of a restaurant. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. A Colombian restaurant. All yeah, right. that's tip of the tongue right there. Uh, it's <laughs> uh, we're going into pronunciations again. Maya Arepas is the way I've heard it. And uh, that's been around for quite some time. It's in Central City on Carondelet Street, right there by the overpass. And it, you walk in, it's this stylish, cool, modern-looking place. And arepas are the, the basis of the menu. These are these, uh, these discs, these small, savory cakes that are about the size of your palm. They're made out of uh, cornmeal. And they're griddle crisp, and what they do is they they cut them open, and they stuff them with all kinds of stuff like uh, grilled steak, uh, this garlicky chimichurri-like sauce, avocado, creamy sauces, pickled onions, shrimp, all these different configurations that go into it. Uh, the thing about Colombian restaurants, and I've been to Colombia once, and so this this is this is what I look for when I go to a Colombian restaurant in uh, in the states is the meat uh the way that texans are proud of their steak that's the way that uh, the, the colombians feel about their meat from what i appreciate about it uh and they can put out these platters that are just these one plate feasts of meat like it'll be a steak it'll be a a big thing of crackling it'll be uh pork sausage all, all together all together with some vegetables on the side of course for to keep up appearances <laughs> but that's the way i've eaten in colombia and that's the way 
uh, you can find platters like that here in New Orleans. Maisa Rapus is a good one. Uh, there's another one on Vets in Metairie, uh, a little, little tiny place called Me Columbia. Um, it's just not too far from Martin Wine Cellar. I'm to Martin Wine Cellar and Dorniacs on, uh, on Vets there. Uh, and that's, uh, again, I, if, if, <laughs> this is, this is a, a wonderful uh, exercise because for people who are always curious about the cuisine in another country, you can go to these restaurants and discover it. And if you've traveled to some of these other countries, uh, you can kind of relive it a little bit by going back just for the span of a meal. I mean, that's how I feel when I, I went to Colombia 17 years ago. <laughs> but when I go to these restaurants, I feel like I'm back there again, mispronouncing everything, but having my fill and having a good time. Somebody texted in about Scandinavian food. I, I don't even know what that would be like. I know I went to the, and, and forgive me for saying this, the the Scandinavian restaurant, I think, whatever it is in Disney, in, in Epcot, and, and even the beer tasted like fish. There was a lot of fish. I know that. What about Scandinavian food? I uh, don't know that we have a Scandinavian restaurant in New Orleans. Um, mostly what I know about it is uh, from uh, from coverage of other places. But it's, uh, you know, it's a very, it's, think about where it is. Far northern, uh, a lot of seafood, but a lot of traditional methods to keep food around uh, through the long, cold winter. You know, all these things that come out of traditions from age-old times are part of the traditional cuisine. We have it here in Louisiana. Um, Scandinavian food's been in the news recently because uh, one of the most acclaimed restaurants in the world is a restaurant called Noma, not to be confused with our Museum of Art here in City Park, uh, announced that they're going to be closing down soon, even though it's wildly successful and has all the acclaim that a high-end restaurant possibly could because um, the chef doesn't feel like he can keep the, keep 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 the show going in a fair way, and so that's been causing a lot of hand wringing in uh, the national international food media about what's the future of fine dining. But that restaurant that we're talking about is a very special case of ultra fine uh, elite dining, you might say, um, that doesn't really interplay with what we consider fine dining and what we know and love as fine dining here in New Orleans. But it is in the news that maybe something that's tickling people's interest in Scandinavian food. However, in New Orleans, uh, I have yet to find uh, Scandinavian influences running next to our gumbo in a two-fat. Now that we've toured the world, we'll wrap it up. Somebody texts in, Ian, looking for a fun place to celebrate my birthday today. Any suggestions? Yeah. Uh, well, we talked about a few of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I still have Costera on my mind, thanks to that paella reference. And that's a fun place. Again, I guess I'm stuck on the social theme, but if it's your birthday, do it up. Uh, that's a place where you go, just don't order appetizer, entree, dessert, but order a bunch of things off the menu, fill the table up, top of style, and share. That's real good. Um, check out Jack Rose. This is a restaurant in the Pontchartrain Hotel, mm-hmm. and I love this place for celebrations. You walk in, and it's a party. Uh, it's, it's the old Caribbean room people will remember from, from back in the day, uh, but Jack Rose is quite different. Uh, they've done it up in this very – it looks like an old mansion where the grandkids have inherited it and thrown a rave or something. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of wild on the inside. Uh, it, it's colorful. The food is great. Uh, Chef Brian Landry has been uh, directing a great show over there of modern Creole food that's kind of built for celebration. It's a great brunch spot, too. And while you're there, you can keep the night rolling. You know, I always love to do, especially if it's a birthday or a special event, kind of a one-two punch, you know, dinner and, you know, let's have dinner and then. Uh, and if you're at if Jack Rose, you're in the Punch Train Hotel, you can have dinner and take the elevator up to the rooftop bar called Hot Tin and uh, have a drink overlooking the skyline of the city and the bridge. And 
you can get a good panoramic view. Might be a little chilly tonight, but it's all glassed in there, so you don't don't have to brave the elements, but you can still get the view. And somebody's looking for New York pizza slash deli, I'm guessing, two different locations? Yeah, deli and pizza have got to be two different cravings. Um, But for pizza, I mean, come on, pizza delicious down in the Bywater. Uh, That's New York-style pizza for you right there. Don't forget uh, Pauly G's. This is a New York-style slice shop that's in the CBD on Julia Street. Uh, it is, you walk in and it is, you are in a Brooklyn pizzeria. I mean, from the <laughs> paneled walls to the array of pizzas, that's a buy the slice kind of place. Um, for your deli, Stein's. I mean, Stein's is, is, uh, our New Orleans version of the New York deli. Kind of crosses Jewish and Italian traditions there. And, you know, it's, uh, you get in line, you get your big sandwich, you get the pickle on the side, you're in New York. Ian, thank you so much, man. Have a great weekend. We appreciate your time, as always. If people want to find out more about you and some stuff you've read, how do they do it? NOLA.com or go on social media and look Ian McNulty NOLA, at Ian McNulty NOLA. All the, all the good stuff come up. But go, go to NOLA.com. They get a little tag with my name on it, and all the stories will pop up there. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. 940. When we come back, we'll try to get you some yeah, information, get you some weekend winners on the NFL playoffs right Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 